Good evening. If anyone wants notes from, we've been using them for a number of weeks. If you don't have a set and you want a set, there's some right there. As we think about the world in which we live, Anita was mentioning, you know, some things that are happening in our world. We can reflect back on history and we're really not dealing with anything new under the sun because we're dealing with people, believers, and especially who are called sheep, and those who are not believers tend to go into all kinds of evil. We've been reflecting on shepherds and sheep, what sheep are like. When I look at several passages from Jeremiah and one from Ezekiel, just reading some verses, and keep in mind that they are in the context of Jeremiah and then Ezekiel, addressing God's chosen people, Israel, Judah, some 600, 700 years after they would have come out of Egypt. And in the passages we will read, we're just going to read some verses. We're not necessarily necessarily going to look at the particular context. All of them deal with either a prophet, a priest, or shepherds. And then we'll make some parallels to sheep. Jeremiah chapter 2. Again, we're leaping into the context. Jeremiah chapter 2, Jeremiah pronouncing judgment, basically. He's called the weeping prophet. And he just basically weeps over how the Jews had been living, how they were living, how they were responding. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 8. The priest did not ask, where is the Lord? Those who deal with the law did not know me. The leaders rebelled against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal, following worthless idols. Skipping down to verse 11. Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glory for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, O heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Chapter 4 and verse 22. Chapter 4 and verse 22. My people are fools. They do not know me. They are senseless children. They have no understanding. They are skilled in doing evil. They know not how to do good. Describing his chosen people. Chapter 5, 23 and 24. Jeremiah 5, 23 and 24. But these people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. They've turned aside and gone away. They do not say to themselves, Let us fear the Lord our God, who gives autumn and spring rains and season, who assures us of the regular weeks of harvest. Chapter 6 and verse 13. From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain, prophets and priests alike. All practice deceit. Over to chapter 23, verse 1. Jeremiah 23 and verse 1. Woe to you shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep on my pasture. 
declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flocks and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture. And there they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them. They will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. Then go over to Ezekiel chapter 34. Jeremiah, Lamentation, then Ezekiel chapter 34. And I'll begin reading with verse 1. Ezekiel 34 and verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick. Or bound up the injured. You've not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My shepherd or my sheep wandered over all the mountains on every hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd, and so has been plundered, and has become food for all the wild animals, and because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm against the shepherds, and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. Both Jeremiah and Ezekiel are addressing several verses we read address the people where they were, but it comes back to the shepherds, the prophets, the priests were not fulfilling their responsibility. The reason God gave Israel, gives the church today, shepherds, is to care for the flock. And the reason the flock needs to be cared for is because sheep have certain characteristics. And with those characteristics, if they don't have someone caring for them, a lot of items happen. So whether it be me as a pastor or elders, or deacons, or you may teach, you may be involved in Sunday school, or Awana, you may be a parent, you may be a husband. We have an awesome responsibility to sheep who are helpless, to sheep who are defenseless, to sheep who wander and drift, to sheep who cannot be driven, and so on. And when we want to pick up, if you're following after the notes on page six and number nine, We listed as number three here. Sheep 
can be stubborn. Sheep can be stubborn. We as believers can be stubborn. And if you're at all honest with yourself, I think you can find it easy to admit that you can be stubborn at times. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, an example. Paul is pleading with two ladies, and he says, I plead with you to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book. But apparently two ladies are not getting along. They're at odds. There's a degree of stubbornness. You go to James chapter 3, 13 through chapter 4 and verse 12, he talks about earthly wisdom. And mentions the fact that that's not good. He talks about fights and quarrels that were taking place among the people to whom he was writing. And he says, the reason you have fights and quarrels is because you have desires within your heart. Sheep, believers, can be stubborn at times. Description, sheep will resist encouragement and guidance at times. Did you ever have anyone tell you that you were wrong? And you just kind of maybe said to them or at least thought, who are you to tell me? And you went about doing your own thing. As an example, I remember my mother telling me one time, <clears throat> we were living in the parsonage, our kids were younger, and she said, Dan, made some statement about how I was responding to my kids. My initial thought was, Mom, you don't raise my kids, I raise them. I didn't say this to her, but you know, I was thinking that. What was coming out? A streak of stubbornness. I did hear what she had to say, and I did act on it. But my initial response was, not so good in my own mind. Someone may be stubborn. Someone may approach a believer and say, you know, you're not gathering regularly with believers for worship and fellowship. Pretty clearly stated in Hebrews chapter 10. A person may resist that. Oh, stubborn, resisting encouragement and guidance. Maybe we don't like some answers that we may get to some hard questions. How many of us take a Sabbath? How many of us live a Sabbath, and I'm not going to complete my sentence now, from media and technology? There's a 24-hour period where we have no exposure to media or technology. You say, Pastor, why do you need that? I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 1. Well, you say, I'm not ready for that. Don't resist that too strongly until you think it through. Sheep can make unwise choices. For example... We make financial decisions sometimes, and they're not always wise. And we dig ourselves in a hole, and later on we regret it. No, we, just because we may be, this is what I want. Our priorities. We may live for the urgent. 
rather than for the important. An example, we may run our children to all kinds of sports. And I'm not knocking sports. But we may not take time to pray with them every day. We're getting the urgent probably in front of the important. We make unwise choices sometimes and we need to hear what others say. Applied. If you're a shepherd in any way, shape, or form, don't be afraid to reason with people. The prophets, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, were reasoning with the Jews. Don't be afraid to give explanations. If you're a sheep, admit you can be stubborn. I've had people tell me already, Ruth Ann has told me a number of times, now you're being stubborn. And I've given her permission to tell me that, so she's not in trouble. I've had a few other people tell me that. Am I willing to receive that? Expect people to be difficult at times. Expect believers to be difficult at times. That's who they are. Don't be surprised. Oh, I can't believe they were that stubborn. Why not? They're sheep. Well, you say sheep shouldn't do that. Why shouldn't they? They're sheep. Sheep by nature are stubborn. I can't believe my child did that. Why not? They're just like you. You know, they have a stubborn streak every now and then. I can't believe believer and -and so-and-so would even think of doing that. Why not? They're sheep. So we need to let sheep be sheep, but we need to shepherd them accordingly. Next one, sheep are timid, thus slow to lie down. Sheep are timid, thus slow to lie down. And the reason I listed Hebrews there is that the whole idea coming through Hebrews. One of the ideas coming through Hebrews is just the idea of rest. That through Christ we come, have come into a rest. Sheep need to lie down. But they're timid and slow to lie down. As a description, sheep will not lie down. I'm talking real physical sheep will not lie down unless they're free from fear. So you're shepherding a flock of sheep and you're taking them from one pasture to another. And there's some wild animals on the perimeter. You're going to have to deal with those wild animals before you get the sheep to lie down. A couple examples of some fears that we might have, sheep might have today. One that I think is very prevalent in our culture is fear of the future. We look at our nation sometimes and say, well, what's coming? To be honest with you, I think our nation is no worse than Judah and Israel were when they went into captivity. We're not dealing with something new under the sun. But we fear. We can have fear, and I think we need to encourage people. We may fear pain, or we may fear something that is coming up physically. Sheep don't lie down unless they're free from fear. Shepherds seeking to care. Sheep will not lie down unless they're free from friction with others of their kind. 
due to social behavior within a flock. Now think about that. Sheep, real sheep, struggle with each other. Human sheep do the same thing. If you ever raise kids, if you're a kid, you know, you fought with your brothers, your sisters, some probably. Believers within a local church sometimes have friction, just as real sheep have friction. Within marriage, there may be friction at times. But it's hard to lie down. It's hard to rest when there's friction. Maybe a marital conflict. Maybe a family conflict. You know, it's hard to gather with other believers if you've just been fighting with your mate. Do you know when a lot of fights take place within a marriage and family? Probably on Sundays on the way to church or before you want to go to be with believers. Mom or dad yells and screams at the kids and there's some other things that may happen. And it's hard to worship. We may have conflict with another believer, so what do we do? We back off. We don't want to be with people. Again, sheep don't lie down unless they're free from friction with others of their kind. Since we're dealing with humans here, you know, when we're with friction within ourselves with other believers, it makes it hard to lie down. Sheep will not lie down unless they're free from pests. Some pests that believers today would have would be false teachers. My encouragement is just stay away from them. You say they're not around. You don't need to go very far. You can turn on your TV on a Sunday morning and find some false teachers. You can go uptown and just drive around town and you can see some false temples. Sheep won't lie down unless they're free from pests. I think sometimes... The body of Christ can call for excess action. You say, what do you mean by that? You may come to a local church and the church says, we need someone to do this and someone to do this and someone to do this. You listen to Christian radio and you hear a variety of programs and they say, well, this is happening in the world, you should do this. This is happening in the world, you should act on this. This is happening in the world, you should act on this. You go crazy if you try to do it all. And they may all be good things. You ever stop to consider that maybe you need to ask your shepherd what to be involved in? <clears throat> Children may have a host of good things to do. Mom and dad, what's the best? You as a believer may say, there's a host of good things to be involved in. Maybe you need to find someone that would shepherd you and say, what's the best here? We can't do it all. We can't. And if we try to do it all, we won't rest. I think another thing that may be a pest in the body of Christ at times that sheep struggle with is they think they have to measure up to some standard rather than realizing that they're accepted in Christ. 
The pest is, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? And Christ would say, you're accepted in Christ. Sheep will not lie down unless they're free from hunger. Sometimes sheep pursue substitutes rather than real food. Well, rather than meditating on Scripture this morning, now turn on the news. Rather than being taught in the context of a local church, I will go here or I will go there. No, just not really being fed from Scripture. Sheep need a steady diet of biblical worship with others. You say, well, I can get along without gathering with other believers for teaching and worship. You may think you are, but it's taking its toll. That might be too late until you realize it, unless some shepherd comes along and says you're in serious trouble. Applied. What do people face? We mentioned some things. You may have some fears that you deal with. Help people to deal with their fears. Help your children deal with their fears. Help your husband deal I'm sorry, help your wife deal with your fear, their, her fears. Help those that you care for deal with their fears. How? Talk, pray. Work in relationships among people. You know, when we're at odds with other believers, we need to work in those relationships. See if you and others are being fed from God's word. You know, am I being fed? A final description of sheep. Sheep require continual, unconditional love and acceptance. Sheep require continual, unconditional love and acceptance. We won't turn there, but in Ephesians 1, Paul is writing to the believers in Ephesus, and he says, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You're going to be presented to God holy and blameless. You've been adopted as a child of God. He says you've been redeemed, you've been forgiven, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. What's he saying? He is saying to the believers in Ephesus, and I think to believers today, that you're loved unconditionally. You're accepted unconditionally. And it's not dependent upon you. It's dependent upon Christ. See, if you're dealing with real sheep, and a real sheep is giving you a hard time, you don't shun that sheep. You love it. Sheep, real sheep, need unconditional love and acceptance. Human sheep need the same thing. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul is writing to the believers in Thessalonica, and he says in chapter 2, in verse 8, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you became so dear to us. Surely you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. You are a witness, and so is God, of how holy and righteous and blameless we were among you who believe. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging. 
you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. In the end of chapter 2 and end of chapter 3, he talks again about the love that Paul, Silas, and Timothy had for the church in Thessalonica. We as sheep need unconditional love and acceptance. So we God made us, and he expresses that to us. You say, I can get along without others loving me. You may get along, but you're not anywhere near where you should be. I would pose a question to you, and I'm not looking for a verbal answer. Who do you know that loves you, period? No matter what you do, they will love you and be unconditionally committed to you. My follow-up question is, what does your answer do to you? How does it impact you? If you say, well, I really don't know anyone, that's one thing. If you say, well, here's a few people I could list. They're unconditionally committed to me. How does that affect you? Let's think about parents and children. Do we as parents communicate to our children that they are loved and accepted, period? We say they might do wrong. Yes, they will do wrong. They're sheep. They're human. Well, if I love and accept them unconditionally, I'm giving them a license. No, you're not. See, if we say to our children, if you do wrong, I'm going to withdraw your love or my love for you. We're not doing what God says. We can love them. They may not respond and they may resist. But still love them. Think about that in the context of the body. Do we love people even when they don't treat us well? Oh, they didn't treat me right. I'll just withdraw from them. Love them. If you're a shepherd in any way, shape, or form, sheep need unconditional love and acceptance. You say they do stupid things. Yes, they're sheep. I wouldn't do that. You already did in your statement that I wouldn't do that. Sheep, all of us, do things that aren't very smart sometimes. We may not even see it, but we need love and unconditional acceptance. The epistles are so very, very strong on the idea of God's love unconditional for us. Sheep need practical expressions of such concern. A real shepherd will talk to the sheep. A real shepherd... that has a sheep wander away, will go after that sheep and pick that sheep up and put it around its neck, particularly if it's small enough, and carry it back saying, I love you in spite of the fact that you ran away. A lamb trots off and the shepherd goes and gets it and carries it back. Expression of love and concern. Words, 
within marriage, words within the family, within the church can communicate it. Touch communicates it. Time just to be with them can communicate love and acceptance. I think a big one is to affirm them in failure. Say affirm them in failure. Affirm your love for them even in the midst of failure. This is a dramatic example. This is an extreme example. At a guy sitting in my study one time, claimed to be a believer who fell into sexual sin. And he reluctantly confessed what had taken place. And we went through, he went through the whole spill and told me what happened and so on. And I said, I want you to know, brother, that I love you. I care for you. What you did was wrong. Violation of God's word. Clearly wrong in light of God's word. But I want you to know I love you, I'll care for you, and I'll help you dig out of this. He did. He dug out of it. I say this to no credit to myself. I think he would say I was the only person he knew that loved him. Period. But he's the one that, or I'm the one that he came to and said, I got a problem. Can you help me? We need that. We're not overlooking wrong. We just love people. Sheep do not share their needs and concerns always. In real life, sheep often don't share their concerns. They just don't. That's the nature of sheep. So sometimes, as a husband, you need to ask your wife. As parents, you need to ask your children. As a shepherd within the body of Christ, you need to ask believers, what are your needs? What are your concerns? What are you battling with? Because we by nature don't share that. So maybe we need to ask. And sometimes we just need to listen. Even if it's terrible. I say it's terrible, you just think, that's not the way they should be. You know, they shouldn't be sharing this. You know, they... Hear them out. So that you can express concern. Right. <clears throat> no. Part of unconditional love and acceptance is to confront them. But in confronting, let them know you love them and care for them. But what they're doing is wrong. To fail to confront them is not expressing love. Please understand that. If you see someone in wrong and you do not confront them, you're expressing hatred rather than love. Please understand that. See, part of love is to confront. They may not respond. They may resist you. And they may not be nice to you, but we can still love them and care for them. Maybe they'll never respond, but we still love them and care for them. 
and listen. See, our goal is not to reform them. Our goal is to be a shepherd. And some sheep don't always respond. And when we're dealing with human sheep, then maybe God will discipline them in some way. And I think as believers in general, when someone asks how you are, honestly respond. Speak when you're asked. Don't be like I am sometimes, how are you, pastor? Fine. Well, I usually am fine if I say fine. But if you say, pastor, you know, what are you struggling with? Now, that's, now you've changed the question. Now I have to respond in a different way. You know, I can't just say fine. So if someone's asking you how you are, or asking you what you're facing, what you're struggling with, as a sheep, be willing to share. So if you're a child and mom and dad say, how's school going? Don't just make a blanket statement and say, fine. If you're struggling with something, honestly share. So your husband says to you, honey, how are you doing? And you're having a terrible day. And you say, well, how much time do you have? One minute. Well, I can't share on that time, so I'll come back later. <laughs> you know, willingness to share with others. But find people to let you, find ways to let people know you care according to your personality. Often express unconditional love, but that doesn't mean overlooking that which is incorrect. When people fail, love them. But again, help them pick up and dust themselves off. And in light of what Ray brought up earlier, See, when people get in the mud, what do they need? They need the Good Samaritan. They need someone to get down in the mud. And I'm not talking about doing sin with them, but getting down in their hurt and their struggle and saying, I love for you, or I love you and I care for you, and I might get dirty in the process of helping you, but that's okay. But we'll make it through this. Not becoming like them, but just whatever it takes to care for them. Questions or comments as we wrap it up? Israel, Judah got themselves in all kinds of trouble as sheep. I don't think we're dealing with anything new in the body of Christ today. You know, we get ourselves in trouble if we're not careful because we're sheep. We need shepherds who will help us, who will guide us. And one of the big issues is a willingness to admit that we're sheep. We have the characteristics of sheep. Deny them, and you're in big trouble. Admit it, you probably will be open to being shepherd. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy. We know down through the pages of history that people have drifted, they have wondered. Your people have drifted, they have wondered. The same is true in the body of Christ today. That's why you gave shepherds. And that's why you spoke so very strongly to the shepherds in Israel, to the priests and prophets in Israel, because they were not caring for the sheep. So the sheep wondered and they drifted. May we be open to those who are shepherding us, those of us who shepherd. May we know how to lovingly care for sheep.
It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.